Welcome to the Songwriters Podcast with Anne Sibley. This is a podcast for music lovers and songwriters, whether you write at home, you are just getting started writing, or you've been writing for a really long time. It's meant to inspire you to work on your own songs, engage with songwriting, and really use it as a healing process. So I'm Anne Sibley. I'm so glad you're here. We have so many fun things always happening in the songwriting coaching world that I'm leading. Upcoming, I will be announcing soon a special songwriting challenge leading up to another six-week songwriting course. Starting in January, registration is opening soon for songwriters to join a special supportive songwriting community and get your songs written with care, with authenticity, with turning down that inner critic. Just go to annsibley.com, sign up for the newsletter, sign up for a discovery call with me, reach out to me, and let's get you songwriting again and making it feel good. Thanks to Kelly Productions for sponsoring this episode of the Songwriters Podcast. Since 1986, Kelly Productions has provided high-quality, imaginative entertainment for premier resorts, private events, and weddings on the Monterey Peninsula, as well as corporate clients nationwide. Their talented entertainers include musicians in every genre, as well as vocalists, comedians, magicians, speakers, and so much more. Visit kellypro.com. That's kellypro.com. Well, hello, songwriters. I cannot wait for you to meet Michael Martinez. He is a friend of mine. He lives here in the area, so we get to perform together. And his music really takes me to another world. (laughs) And it really calms my whole central nervous system. So if you haven't heard his music, you're going to need to go queue up his albums. He has a great YouTube channel. And you know what I decided to do? Even though Zoom isn't perfect for a sound quality, he was performing live on our Zoom. And I decided to leave it in because... I want you to know this is him performing live. Like there's just a stunning quality to his musicianship and it's so from the heart. You're going to learn mindfulness practices. I don't think you're going to look at your music the same way again. So I want to introduce you to my guest songwriter. He is on this podcast episode as a guest with my songwriting membership group. So you're going to hear from them towards the end. But without further ado, I cannot wait to share with you the magical, the mindful, the peaceful Michael Martinez. Michael Martinez, it is such an honor to have you on the podcast today, and I have had the extreme pleasure of singing uh, with your amazing piano accompaniment, and I was just thinking, um, as for people that don't know you, there's the word kindness, and I'm thinking we kind of need like a deeper word, deeper than kindness, because that's what you are, and so talented. I love your music, so I'm so glad that you're with us um, as our first composer on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Anne. I'm so glad to be here. I love your newest album and and all the albums you've put out and the beautiful music that you've written. What song did you want to share with us today? Well, it, um, the the title track to the album. I think that would be a great start. It's a great song to kind of introduce my style and who I am as a person. So. Okay, well, we would love to hear it, which, and this is? This is The Stillness Within. Yes, perfect. The Stillness Within. All right. All right, here we go.
<laughs> oh, thank you so much. That was stunning. I, I can't help, but I usually shake my head a little bit when you were when you wrap up a song, because I'm a little bit like I that's my mind gets blown, and I, and I have such the pleasure of living, you know, right here in the same on the same peninsula that you do, and that is such a treat. That was just so beautiful. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> thank you. I can't wait to hear how do these songs come to you, you know, and how do you um, maybe start there? And if you want to start a little bit with you know your story as well, like when you started playing piano, which was probably before you were born in my mind, <laughs> but we, we would love to hear that. I would love to hear more about how this beautiful music just comes through you because you're such a channel for it. Okay. Well, I'll start out with the process for making songs. Um, I'm trying to remember what the, the process was <laughs> for my latest album. It was interesting because in January I recorded two albums. The first one was all solo piano, and I had practice for six or seven months, you know, really fine tuning the arrangements and everything. And the other album was somewhat completely opposite of that. I didn't, I really didn't have enough time to develop another eight songs that I was going to record with the flute player. So I wrote an eight extra songs on top of the 10 <laughs> I was prepping. And you know what? The eight songs with the flute player actually, I think, turned out better. And I'm learning about um, how you go about with setting goals for yourself and how sometimes things could surprise you. And knowing that I had to come up with the eight new songs after, you know, I've been working on these 10 songs. The deadline gave me a surge of creativity, which was really interesting. I would have never thought it worked that way. I would have been thought it would have been stressed out or something like that. But melody after melody came out and I came to the point where there was so much on my shoulders. I think <laughs> like two or three months, I just kind of let go inside. And as all you songwriters know, when you let go, something magical happens. And that was my reaction to that. And out came eight great songs. And I'm so happy with the way it turned out. Now, I wasn't able to polish these songs to the point where I really had all the, the left-hand patterns and everything worked out, but I just went in there and you know slammed it out in four hours. So, <laughs> but the quality of that, that taught me something that sometimes songwriters work well under predetermined date for a recording session. You got you know, four months to come up with eight, 10 songs. Sometimes that makes the person let go inside because this is a overwhelming task and their brain can't really comprehend how they're gonna do that. And that was the case for me. So that's what made the letting go happen. And that's how I got the songs out. <laughs> now the completely opposite thing happened with my first 10 songs. Uh, on my solo piano album, I tried really hard and I was mentally grinding away at the arrangements. And I spent quite a few hours every day making everything perfect and how I wanted it. Mm. And to a certain extent, you know, there were a couple songs that came out good, but I really felt like it was forced. So that taught me a big lesson about letting go and determining your goals for songwriting. It had to take uh, a crazy deadline and an insane amount of work to <laughs> figure out that next time I go about writing a song, um, I think I'm not gonna mentally try to grasp at everything that I try to do. So that's one thing that I learned about songwriting and really, going back over the years on writing music, it's been a variation. Um, sometimes I'll work on a piece for three to six months and it sounds great. Sometimes I'll come out with the song in a day. So for me, it's a hit and miss. I really never know how the creativity is going to come out and what I'm going to need to do to make it happen. So uh, I remember <laughs> I was doing some YouTube videos and I said, I need to come out with some content, right? So 
once again, I put myself under the gun. I said, I got to make up two songs on the spot. And it was funny because then the letting go happened again. And I came out with a great song. <laughs> and then I had to relearn the song because it was like an improvisation, which was kind of funny. But um, and then there's some times where uh, just melodies come out from nowhere. I but love main, it. Yeah. But the main thing, and I want to stress to you, is that every time this happens, there's a letting go on a deep level. Because as musicians, we have so many constraints on ourselves on, I have to be good. This melody has to sound like that. And by the time you map out your melody, you have so much stuff planned in your head. It's so mechanical. And that only works for very few people. But the rest of us, we do good when there's a letting go. And I think that's kind of the latest discovery for me. Oh, I love that you would share all that, that feeling of letting go and that you had that contrast and these two albums and one, <laughs> one you had so much time to work on, but it was felt more forced and mechanical. And then uh -huh. this other one, it was more like spontaneous and that that letting go, it it's reminding me, I remember telling some songwriters, and I've probably said it multiple times in some of these programs I've been teaching, but I've said, um, you know what? It really is sometimes it's when I'm working on a song, it's like I'm flying a plane, but I'm in the fog. I can't see where it's going. <laughs> yeah. And I have to just keep flying it and trust it. So that is my example of letting go. And I mean, that's so neat. I mean, there's always, you're proving to me what I've come to discover. And we, we talked about it at a in-person songwriting retreat that we did this last spring, but we talked about how there's always this river in my mind, it's a river of mm -hmm. creativity. There's always creativity. There's always this, um, opportunity for us to access creativity yeah, and ideas and music. Right. And so if you are tapping into it and you're like, all right, I'm here, I'm going to do this. Um, I love that the deadlines weren't stressful, but the deadlines caused you to like tap into your creativity. Absolutely. And, yeah. So here's another trick. Anne. if you want the rubber to meet the road, just start playing anything on your instrument. And when you feel your mind kick in, take your hands off the instrument. So now we are programming our relationship. Well, sorry, there's delay. Sorry if that's annoying, but. No, you're good. The audio's good. It's just, the okay. video's as a little. As long as audio's okay, all right. Audio's great, which is perfect. <laughs> okay. So there's a practice I did to kind of strengthen the creativity muscle, and it's letting go. Like everyone has an attachment to how they sound and the need to sound good is what kicks in this voluntary muscle action to, 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 to try and it really wreaks havoc on your creativity. So one exercise you can do is just put your hands on the instrument, start playing, it doesn't have to be notes, but like I said, when your mind kicks in and you start judging yourself, you take your hands off the instrument. So you have to reprogram uh how how you react and this is one exercise i did for a while now if i try doing it here you could you could kind of see you know um just a demonstration if i go like this you know that feels great ah you know now there's another i i learned a couple things and if you want to know about this process there's a great uh, pianist by the name of kenny warner and he talks about effortlessness and playing the instrument. It's called Effortless Mastery. I read the book. He's a teacher at the Berkeley College of Music, and he has something called the Effortless Mastery Institute. But he breaks this down into four steps. And the first step is completely relaxing your body, right? The second step is letting the hands on the instrument and play freely, right? So right now, I'm not really thinking. But when judgment arises, I'm going to take my hand off the keyboard.
So you learn how to do that. And that's, uh, I think, a uh, practice anyone could do. That's and I great. have a feeling that that's kind of what starts the journey here with letting go is your relationship to your instrument. Oh, that is so great. And I, <laughs> I love that you're just noodling and messing around. And yeah, just we... mess around. It just, <laughs> you know, if you, could, if you could program yourself to say, ah, oh, that's the most beautiful sound I heard. Well, then you're on the right path. I, well, I was gonna, I was gonna say before that that everything you do just sounds so beautiful, but that was good. Yeah. You're and proving me wrong. I heard Kenny Warner play live in Santa Cruz, and everything that he taught in that book, he lives it. And when he played that piano, my goodness, I mean, you could feel his intent a mile away. And he was playing with the vocalist, I think Claudia was her name. I, she's a local Santa Cruz native. You might know her, she does a lot of Brazilian music, but it was an improvised concert. There was no planning or rehearsal. They improvised for like two hours and it was just a straight flow of creativity. There were oh. rough patches, but you could see Kenny's um, uh, intent and the way he's practiced and really let go. <laughs> That, that was definitely something to behold. That is very inspiring that mm -hmm. folks could let themselves do that and really let go and let go in front of an audience. And I love, you know, I I do feel like so much of what I end up coaching songwriters on is catching that inner critic yeah. and that judgment and that mind. And that has been my experience as well, Michael, is that that's what gets in the way of our songwriting is the mind starts to turn on and says, this sounds like, you know, the John Prine song I was just listening to, <laughs> or this song sounds like all my other songs. Like, why am I? And just so we have so much of that mind chatter. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting exercise. I'm sure all of us and the listeners will remember of like, okay, when it happens, like just stop playing mm -hmm. and then go back to that flying the airplane. Can't see where you're going um and work towards that i love i love that because there's there's so much creativity and i've heard so much i've heard your music live i've heard your you have multiple albums already out and one we haven't even heard yet and multiple singles and you and i have performed at weddings and concerts <laughs> and and um oh, yeah. it's so it, there's just so much creativity in you and there's so much creativity around us and so it's beautiful to hear that process and how you continue. And I would assume it's it's almost like levels, like getting the levels of like a video game or something, but you just keep dropping or dropping into like deeper levels of, yeah. um, of this letting go. And I think we all have to remember that, you know, when we first started playing music, it was an innocent thing to do. We didn't think anything of it. In that case, you know, for me growing up, it was like, wow. You know, what is this thing? It makes great sound. And it was almost a surprise. And it was so innocent up until I started to get into school in the music program. Then it became a graded thing. And then there were expectations of you. And I don't think anybody ever escapes this. There's always somebody to come in your life and ruin the experience. <laughs> I mean, it, it was generally, that's how it generally goes most of the time. So there's this, this programming of saying, if I'm not good enough in music, I'm not a good person. And that is the most horrible thing to impose on yourself. I mean, that is the worst relationship to ever have with mm. who you are in your instrument. And so many people get stricken with it from the people that believe that, that are then teaching the kids in school or another person or piano teacher or whatever. So it gets passed on from the dysfunction of what have people taken in. And so there's hardly any, um, there's a very... Uh, maybe narrow percentage that people ever get out of this, this mental rut. Um, the way I kind of got out of it is just learning about spirituality and stuff. But the real work comes when you really start to feel that you made music your identity in an unhealthy way. It kind of boosts you where, you know, for me, 
I used to use music as a crutch to make me look bigger than I was or feel better than I had felt. So there was a lot of this stuff that was building up over time into my early teens and mid to late 20s that it started to become very dysfunctional. Music wasn't serving me anymore. So I had to really shed a lot of things that I was holding on to. Like, I need to be a great jazz piano player. I need to be a great blues musician. I need to be a good music reader to play with other people. Like, there were all these things that were stacked on top, and it was just choking me musically. So I think the other component to the rubber on the road thing, really training yourself, there's also a deeper letting go of music intertwined with your personality. So, um, you know, that's a whole nother area to explore. <laughs> I love that you would, first of all, I appreciate you sharing so vulnerably and bringing up that topic because it comes up so much with the people I meet. Yeah, There's always been one music teacher, unfortunately, or somebody or some friend or not friend classmate like don't sing why are you singing your voice uh -huh. is terrible mm -hmm. um but you what you just made me remember is i was in college and um i started doing a little bit of music again i was always just doing music on the side and i remember going into one of the practice rooms like down below you know in the in the music yeah. building uh -huh. and i remember going in and you know needing to do my scales but i could really like hear everybody and i started like just completely freaking myself out like everyone <laughs> around me is so much better oh my gosh look how much like they're just practicing constantly they knew how to and it was all classical music which was yeah always very intimidating and not it just didn't feel friendly or welcoming to me in a lot of ways <laughs> and i really doubted myself and um didn't feel like i belonged and didn't want to have too much i there's so much there um to unpack of that those identities we create with our music and what people have said to us and how the way music was set up made us feel yeah. So I can really relate to your story and just how important that was and that you were able to come back from that. And then with your, I feel your spirituality and your spiritual work in your music. Mm -hmm. And I think what, what is so beautiful about it is I put it on and it just like brings my whole nervous system down. <laughs> and I love that, that you're, <laughs> I love that you're doing a lot of posting as well, because we mm -hmm. can click on, you know, your YouTube channel and, you know, there's this calming music and a lot of inspiration. So, but I appreciate you bringing that up because so many people have had so much of that happen to them with their music life yep. and you're right in their personalities. And, and, um, I feel like with the adults I'm working with, we're bringing them back. I, I literally feel like <laughs> people are coming out of the closet. Like I just can't keep, can't not have that same analogy. Like it just feels like we're coming from like underground and, reclaiming this music that's in them and mm -hmm. being being the talented person that they are i'm sure you see that as well i do see it there's a lot of people um who go through that mental change and not believing in themselves to letting go and really letting the music happen and over and over again i see it uh you know some people are fortunate to not get scarred in their youth from the whole musical program thing and I think those are the very few and rare people that actually had a good upbringing with music. And it's far and in between. I mean, I, I look at some great uh, multi-instrumentalists uh, on YouTube. You, you all see them, the talented kids that are just shredding on their instrument. It's like, well, what happened there? How come they succeeded? And all the rest of us, are, you know, struggled or didn't make it. Something in their life or their belief or what their parents told them maybe they've have some ingrained belief that music was just something that they did for fun and they love it and there was nothing imposed on them you know so i always think of those cases as the rare ones you know and maybe also uh they had a parent that played music and they were able to get proper guidance along but most of us don't you know so there's those special cases where it's it's really interesting to see, you know, how people develop. And I think becoming aware of it now is a mm -hmm. way for us to then move forward and reclaim 
our music and be musical again. Yeah. And I think it's really, I think it's special that you brought that up because it does play a part actually. I mean, connecting it with that, you know, analytical mind coming in that judgment when you're just trying to write a song, I think it plays into that. It's mm -hmm. those voices that start to say, um, like you said, this isn't good enough. Well, it's good to notice where, who's, whose voice is that? That's one that I ask myself sometimes. Yeah. And I can trace it sometimes to the person whose voice I, you know, maybe they said it one time and now I've carried it with me for 30 years. And <laughs> as soon as I recognize that I can say, Oh, wait, I, I know that voice. Nope. Not anymore. Not well, anymore. If, I'm going to make my music. If you really want everything to come out, all the voices and all the things that you've ever thought about yourself and music, here's a great test. Just stop playing for a week and see what happens. When I, happen to do that you know all through the 20 plus years of playing if i didn't go two three days without playing my instrument i really thought lowly of myself now when when that comes up in your mind there's definitely some programming there you really have to question why these thoughts are coming up um, and that is a great indicator of where what your relationship is <laughs> to to how you view music and how how hard you're holding on to it um your attachment to your identity with that so that's a great test you know if you could stop let go for a couple of days and if you hear those voices there's some work to be done on your part you know mentally uh and and that was always a surprise to me you know i really understood after all these years that's actually very dysfunctional thinking that's almost downright i would call it borderline mental illness i mean thinking that you're not playing for several days that you're a bad person you got to see how crazy the ego is that's like that's the most absurd insane thing somebody could think about so you have to see our relationship needs to change with our instrument and music and how it relates to us. So that's a great test, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, your, your life, you know, has been so intertwined with music. And so if it's intertwined with who you believe the person that you are is, that's a, that's some deep work that you've done to, yeah. to find that. And mm -hmm. what comes up for me with that is if I don't, play I actually get pretty darn grumpy <laughs> it's a different <laughs> it's a different experience but I don't feel I I don't feel like I'm as good of a human being actually oh. because mm -hmm. I'm just like I'm grumpy and I'm not processing and I'm not able to do my songwriting and so um I really miss the music I need the music but um you know what I would love is for you to play another song sure. which would be fantastic um that we get to listen to this music and let it wash over us and enjoy these original compositions that you've now we know you've gone through this letting go process uh -huh. for so we'd love for you to share another song okay well a lot comes to mind with trying to pick out a song here you know i'll i'll, I'll uh play one that is uh i think one of my favorites that i composed gosh about seven eight years ago it has a funny story to it and i wrote it I think for a girl that, you know, I, I think she only liked me as a friend. So I got friend zoned and there was some sadness there. Funny thing was, I was so inspired by that. I wrote the song, wrote the melody down, and then I misplaced the paper. And I completely forgot about writing that song for several years. And then I was digging around my folder and I said, what the heck is this? I picked it back up and I started playing it and I'm like, it's a pretty damn good melody. <laughs> so this song has taken many forms. And I think, you know, it saying it being titled goodbye, uh, it could really mean a lot of things. And it definitely means something different to me now. So uh, here it is. And I think it's a, a good piece to play.
absolutely gorgeous. I I don't know if you could see, but I was shaking my head again at the end. I just get, <laughs> I just get so I'm just I'm in awe. I'm speechless when I listen to your music and the intuition, you know, as I've performed with you as well that you have. Um, and the, this relationship you have with the piano and that song was so beautiful. And now, now come, I'm a songwriter, so I'm writing melodies and I'm writing mm. lyrics and it's so amazing yeah. <laughs> how much you have packed, um, into the music mm -hmm. that it doesn't need the words and that we get to just, we, we, I fully drop in. It's like, and I think you're a yoga student. Like I am, if it's like yoga, you know, we start doing mm -hmm. yoga and we're just so in our body. We're just yeah. so feeling the music mm -hmm. when you play. And, um, I'm curious, what is the process like how, when you're starting to write something, how do you keep track of where you are? And, and do you set out at the beginning, like this is going to have three movements, or I would love to hear a little bit more what it's like for you yeah. as a piano player and a composer. Uh, what I've been doing lately is I've been focusing on this one song uh, that has been on my album and I've been developing it more. And as I'm doing it, I'm going in deeper and I am working on the dynamics and how I approach that. So dynamics are a big, I think the next layer after you've gotten the notes and everything down in your fingers and your voice, dynamics is the next layer to feel into. And you could definitely work on that for quite a while. And then past that for me i'm always finding ways to work with the harmony so i like to approach writing songs if i'm doing a verse and then i do the chorus and then the verse comes around again i need that verse to change a little bit so my instinct is always to try a different chord or reharmonize it so Every time I repeat the same verse, it's different every time I do it. So that's kind of where I've been at with working on this one song. And that's the process when I allow myself to give myself enough time for a song to develop. Sometimes we're just so quick to say, okay, it's done, you know? <laughs> but I say, wait on, wait up, hold on. There's more to this that I could do. So the more patient I am, I'm finding these ways. And to answer your question, just simply is just to start out with a basic outline, figure out the melody, the, the verse and the chorus and the ending, and then slowly start the process of letting that sink in. So uh, that's kind of how I approach that. So much fun hearing that after listening to your music for so many years that I've never asked you that question. <laughs> and what I find, and maybe this is similar, maybe it's it's what you were just saying, but I find that I'll go back to this new song I'm working on and I'll just pick it up and I'll just play it. And I won't be in that, you know, analytical mind and mm -hmm. I'll just be playing it. And then I'll get one new thing that'll happen in that in that sitting and I'm like, Oh yes. Oh, I like that. So it keeps revealing itself to me. Um, and so I feel a bit like that, that like that's similar to what you just, um, shared. So I love that. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And I, I just, I'm so grateful that you and I did some recording last year and, um, fun. hopefully so much fun. Hopefully we'll do some more. And it was, Oh my gosh. I mean, as you guys can imagine now that everyone's heard Michael play, I mean, you're hearing him playing cover tunes too. is kind of unreal. Um, I love hearing the way that you, um, hear them right in the way that you're expressing them and doing that Sarah McLaughlin song with you. One of my favorite songs ever. Um, I love that we recorded that and put it out there. So hopefully folks will go listen to that. The angel by Sarah McLaughlin. And I would have, you know, and thank goodness you were not in earshot or Pete. Um, but I played the piano this weekend. I accompanied myself yes. on, on angel by Sarah McLaughlin. And, cool, and I only, I only created a few new accidental chords, but otherwise there I was so into it. And oh, thank wow. you. Yeah. You always inspire me and, um, and just, yeah, we're just so lucky. I 
I would love to actually open it up since we've got the whole songwriting group on tonight on here on Zoom, which has been such a treat to have you. But I would love to open it up to this group and see what they're they might have comments for you. They might have some questions, but that would be fantastic. So much fun. Wonderful. I love seeing all their faces. Is anybody ready for a comment or a question to jump in? Al's ready. Well, what a gift just to... um... To hear you talk about music when you're first a child and the innocence and the absolute lack of self-consciousness, uh, <laughs> it is. I mean, I think it's it's night and day when we are really just sort of playing from within us. And, and play is the word, I think. And that's that's what childhood involves so much, you know, is, is just spontaneity and unselfconsciousness and um and uh and so and so you know lord i struggle with it you know i'm always thinking you know oh god this is you know judging you know as i go and and it is such a key i think for me to um to uh to get back to that child mm-hmm. and, uh, and just fool around and, and keep fooling around. You go, oh, that was fun. And let's do that again, you know. Um, so anyway, thank you for, um, for, for bringing that to light because that really helps me. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, indeed. It's a great practice and a great thing to realize. It's such a great life lesson because how often do we let ourselves get that excited? Like that we just heard in Al's voice, right? That playfulness, that fun letting it be easy, letting it be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's such a great reminder that we can hold each other to that and, and see what comes through, play around yeah. with it, see what the creativity, what creativity happens when, when you allow yourself to be that, be so much less self-conscious. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thanks, Al. Mm. Who's next? Robin. I've got the, our Californians are going first here. <laughs> Yeah, um, just to add to that, I'm really excited about that exercise you talked about where you notice as soon as you start judging to stop. That's so uh, that's so cool to me to practice reinforcing letting the non-judgment through. So I like that, the idea of working that muscle. Um, and I'm going to listen back to the, for the name of that guy in the book and everything. That sounds like a really interesting uh, rabbit hole to dive into and explore. So thank you. Thank you. That, Robin, I thought about you when Michael was mentioning that. I thought, oh yeah, I feel like you were just saying like you're looking to like dig your teeth in a little bit more into the process while you're doing your own songwriting. I love that, yeah. Michael. What was the what was the title? And it was Effortless Mastery. That was yes, the title. Effortless Mastery by Kenny Werner, liberating the master musician within. That's, That's great. That's he has great. a YouTube channel too, and he you could watch his content. He explains a lot. Very inspirational. Yeah. That's fabulous. And Michael has, I, I think I've mentioned it, but I want to make sure you guys and our listeners know that Michael does an amazing job um, putting out a lot of great content that's so helpful and educational and inspiring. So definitely I'll have in the show notes, I'll have his YouTube channel and uh, that you can be signing up on his mailing list in the and it's yes, fun stuff. All right, who's next? Susan and Jackson Hole. Hi, Susan. Hey there, Michael. That was Hi. so lovely. Your flow. I just was thinking flow the whole time. Gorgeous. I'm a piano player, but um, not quite like that. And uh, and uh, I really do love when you're talking about. I do teach kids music and just the pure magic and enjoyment is so key. I just spent a, um, a week with Joe Craven and basically that's what we worked on all week was just getting in touch with that artful self and not, we have permission to do it. So when you started speaking there, that really was um, really neat to see so many artists are really getting back to that instead of practice, practice, practice. We've got to have all this craziness around. Gosh, it's so simple. Getting back to the pure joy seems important. Um, 
your flow. And then uh, I wanted to mention that second song about the friend zone. Um, once you told me that, um, I totally had the whole visual of a story resolving the way you resolved it in the end. It was so beautiful how you resolved it. And so um, <clears throat> I think that told the story so well, the way you played it through music. It really did. You kind of came to terms with that. It seemed like it it was a beautiful friendship. We were in the French zone, but I was okay with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. what you said. I'm not sure. <laughs> it felt like you said that. I'm not sure. Ah, how cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, lo I love that, Susan. I love hearing his song filter through your heart and intuition. And that, yeah, that's that's really special, Michael, that you would share the story beforehand mm -hmm. and then play it and then to see what we hear. Yeah. And um, Susan Joe Craven is one of my favorite people in the world. I didn't know he was teaching this year. Um, so <gasps> I'm so glad you spent the week with him. His course was called pursuit of possibility says it all awesome that's beautiful i feel like we're talking about these really special topics today that perfectionism you know you brought that mm -hmm. up again and we all know what kind of poison that can be <laughs> and our and we know that our society you know or we don't always know that we're so conditioned in our society that's what we're seeing all around us yeah. you know is so much perfectionism so for us to catch that and be more playful yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Anybody else want to chime in? Everybody's listening, which is great. Renee. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending the time with us. I, um, well, your music is lovely, obviously, but I really appreciate the specifics of, you know, some practices um, that you do. And I'm, and I'm curious also about the, you know, picking up your instrument but I'm wondering, does that also apply to when you're cranking out lyrics? Um, and then when you get to the judgment phase, which I thought I'm not always sure is really easy to recognize, but then you just stop. And then I want to know, so then what happens after that? Mm -hmm. Well, you keep doing it and then you'll reach a point where you'll be able to spend stret long stretches on your instrument without judging yourself. You know, it's it, you have to get it to where it's an automatic response. And I think when you're doing this exercise, this is creating spaciousness around your identity with your instrument. So not only are you just taking your hands on and off and reprogramming, there's an alchemy happening in your mind where now, if you could have space around what you strongly identify with, then there's room for growth. Then there's a, a, a possibility of forming a new relationship with what you hold on to dearly. So um, not only could you do this exercise, but you know, approaching your instrument. Some people approach their instrument too tense, you know? Even in the body, it's, you, it's, it's a physical thing that you tense up when you hold your instrument. So even at a certain level, if you could create spaciousness around your bodily uh, um, feeling and also taking your hands off mental, this is creating a great, a great start and a great foundation for a new approach between you and music. Mm -hmm. So Thank that's you. what's happening. A bigger thing is happening. Yeah. It, it reminds me how, you know, we can see a couple dimensions, but that there are more dimensions. And obviously, Michael is <laughs> it's tapped into more of these dimensions. <laughs> I love it. That was, that was a great, I love that you brought that up, Renee, because I would say, yes, it's the same with lyrics. I mean, anytime we're forcing, anytime we're starting to be harsh, um, but I appreciated your honesty of like, I don't even know if I know when I'm doing that. You also just might be so used to it. It's just a part of what you do. Um, so it could be interesting, you know, next time you're writing a song to catch if, especially if you're sitting and writing some lyrics with it, is there anything else that your mind is saying to you besides the actual lyrics and to not, not make, you know, to not let that stop you, but to like write it over on the side. 
you know, and I would just notice it next time. And you might just start to notice it a little bit like, oh, I'm making comments about my song instead of just writing it. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a mind bender. It's a mind bender, especially the first time you're kind of hearing it. And I'll add, Anne, if, if, if you're not, um, if you haven't, you know, quieted your mind before or done anything in that route, a lot of times thoughts are so fast, it goes right into your consciousness and you don't even know it. So the more you could slow the timing of how thoughts are going into your consciousness and playing out in your real time and creation, the better you could catch these negative emotions. Most of them are so fast, and if your mind is not trained to catch these things, it's going to go by, and you're going to feel, why do I feel horrible? Well, it's because there's an undertone of a lot of quick negative emotions happening very fast, and that's one thing I do remember. You know, So any mindful meditation practice or anything of that nature helps lessen that to a really great degree. Oh, wow. That, that's a really neat um, thing I could see you. You're probably already doing it like you are today on the podcast, but I get That's such a helpful thing, you know, <laughs> meditation and musicians and yeah, yeah. creativity mm -hmm. and our consciousness and wow. Love it. Thank you for helping us yeah. go to these other dimensions that I hear through your music and your fingers and your willingness to share it with mm -hmm. us today is really special. Is it, did anybody else want to jump in? Feel free to. I don't know if we have time, Ann. Hi, Michael. I had to join. Hi. Nice to meet you. Jay Osborne from Raleigh, North nice Carolina. Uh, first, this thing about attunement of your body, et cetera, to your instrument. Thank you for that. The widening awareness of what you're trying to get into the flow is helpful. I appreciate that mm -hmm. comment. Uh Couple and I think we're short on time, so feel free to Fine. skip this. But it's really a sort of a two-part question. You said something that I really held on to. You talked about the personality entwined with the music, and if you want to expound on that, I'd love to hear that. And then the second is, you know, in my experience, people write songs differently. Like Andrea will write a song pretty quickly. Other people sounds like your process is a little longer. I walk into the woods and never come out. So there's different, you know, I never seem to get done. Uh, so how do you have a sense of a complete song? Like this is, this song is now born and ready to be put into the world. Got it. Let's start with that question uh, with uh, how generally uh, when you know a song's ready to be released, right? Is that kind of the, the thing there? Normally for me, um, it's a satisfaction from within. I'm very satisfied with the piece, not only technical wise, that I've explored all the ways to change up the verse, the chorus, the dynamics, the articulation, the harmony. There's a sense of satisfaction in that. And when you know that satisfaction arises as a feeling in me more i could feel it in my body not so much my head because mentally we're so scrambled up all the time we can't even sense how something feels <laughs> so if you're more aware you're gonna feel it this feels good and i'll should tell you what it feels like it's a letting go ah ah that feels good so that's one part of a completion maybe on the level of um, form of, let's see, um, technical thing. You'll feel that first part of, ah, that feels great. Now there's another part. Now you gotta get real with yourself and listen to what you did. <laughs> so this is where a lot of people trip up to. I've listened to a lot of music and uh, on, you know, that I've recorded that I've worked on. And sometimes there's a certain dissatisfaction and you kind of, have to give yourself time to listen to the piece in its entirety. And then maybe you'll make a couple more adjustments. And after that, you keep recording and you listen to it. But then there has to be another, ah, there's a feeling of completion and relaxation and letting go. Now, according to my process, <laughs> I'm never really done with the song. I mean, for as I, far as I know, I like 
for things to keep evolving. And as you evolve as a musician and your technical ability, so does everything you play. So that's an everlasting process. So there's no end to that. Um, as people, we like to see there's an end goal, but there's no end as far as I could see in music because it's music. You know, a human life is not long enough to learn everything there is. So you're always going to be learning something. So for your uh, first question, personality in music, um, I think we could divide this in part one and part two. Part one is, uh, you know, like I said, when you grow up and people tell you what you're supposed to do and who you sound like, um, that's an interesting identity for some point. It may work in your favor to where you need to sound this way and uh, I need to play this to get this gig and that. So there's that, but that identity is slowly going to start to fail and it's not going to work anymore because you really truthfully know what you're about, what you're supposed to be doing. So the second part of that is um, a new identity and maybe a more spacious identity around music and how you're approaching it. So for me at this point, um, there was a lot of letting go and um, it really, music really ties in with my core beliefs of what I am as a person and why I'm here. So it takes a more very grounded level and um you know sometimes i don't have as much drive as i used to to um to pursue technical things uh, you know that that's different for every person but that's more on the end game of you know really figuring out what the main point of you playing music so that develops over time too so that's i think in <laughs> something that you'll never see the end of <laughs> it's always happening yeah so hopefully that that helps thank you yeah. that's it's so insightful and it reminds me i know some of the thought leaders and spiritual leaders talk about mm -hmm. more of like the nautilus kind of like mm -hmm. the spiral it's like that's what you just reminded me of, yeah. you know, where it's not like this complete little thing. And that's so um, comforting for you to remind us mm -hmm. that you're never like, there's a part of the satisfaction that you're like never going to have because you're always <laughs> learning and getting better. And, yeah. and, um, but I love that you're like, ah, oh, you know, there's this mm -hmm. audible, yes, mm -hmm. this feels good. Yeah. And, and I think that's a practice to be able to do that. Oh, so yeah. insightful. I think I have a couple assignments for you in your lifetime, Michael, it would be to write a book to probably, <laughs> probably start a podcast. I'm glad you're doing so much. Um, yeah. Michael does a lot of live, um, a lot of live streams guys, and they're great. And so I would highly recommend following him. Um, and you can even see him, he and I play at the same hospital, not at the same time, but it's, I love like when I click on in the middle of the week and you're playing at the hospital and you're live streaming and it's just, you know, playing in the big waiting area. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for the gift, Michael, that you are and the gifts that you share with us and then how much you've, um, been a deep diver into all of this to then come back and share with us to help us on our musical journeys. So thank oh. you for being our guest. And thank you, Anne. You're, you're such a talented musician and you have great technique and ability and you're a gem. You, you have lit the lamp for many people here. And it's so important to have somebody like you care for other people's growth and musicianship. That's truly a very rare thing. To have nowadays so you are doing wonderful work and i'm so glad to you know be here it it really makes me believe in what i'm trying to do to hear feedback from your uh, friends here so it it's definitely all around a great thing you're doing for everyone thank you so yeah. much i really appreciate that really appreciate it <laughs> Thank you so much for being with me today on the Songwriters Podcast. Don't forget to follow the podcast wherever you are listening, and then you will get a notification uh, each time I upload a new episode, which will be happening more and more. All right, guys, take good care.
Tips of her wings, and I couldn't help but stare. 